Hello and welcome to Bold Leadership. I'm Colin Pooler, your co-host, and along with Cavis Reed, we're dedicated to the discussions of leadership. We have entertaining conversations on the challenges, learnings, ups and downs, and fundamentals of leadership. Our podcast involves interviews with people across the spectrum of business, public policy, community, athletics, and across a whole range of ages. When you start wanting to lead, you have to be comfortable being uncomfortable. For me, it's all about asking questions. None of them are the same. Everybody has different issues. Um, everyone's got different things going on. Some people have kids. Some people don't have kids. Some people have aging, aging parents. Some people have pets that are passing on. Everybody has their own thing. Um, but I still have the same expectations. I still expect you to be here for 8 a.m just as I expect everybody else, because that's fair. So enjoy along with us, every guest and every conversation we have. Laugh a little bit, and don't worry, you don't have to be bold to enjoy it. <laughs> it's the great adventures. <laughs> oh, man. How are you, Mallory? I'm doing well, and you? Excellent, thank you. Awesome. Well, it's Friday, so it's got to be a good day, right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Well, uh, yeah, Cavis, where are you, man? I'm sorry. Where are you right Red now? Red Deer. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. The story behind the story. Okay. Okay. Cool. Well, I, I was I was about to tell Valerie what happened. Um, what happened? Well, actually, it was last weekend and this morning, right? So, um, so Cavis, I told you my wife went to, went to craft camp Yes. last weekend. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Mallory, and I'm not, I'm not lying. <laughs> Just so anyone listen to this, I'm not lying. Um, my, my wife and, and 15 other women decided to rent a lodge in, uh, out the lake and go to craft camp okay so they they laid like thursday evening and they spent friday saturday and sunday crafting making okay. crafts crafting like right so my wife loaded up her car with with all sorts of stuff right like just sewing machines and fabric and yarn and everybody brought their thing and and uh so she's texting me from craft camp Right. You know, remember that one time at yeah. camp? <laughs> so, 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 um, uh, they went, they had a good time. <laughs> so I'm, I'm asking her, she gets back. It's like, you know, I'm, I was picturing they're like, you know, they do their stuff and, you know, they hang up by the yeah. fire and stuff. She goes, Oh no, no, we didn't, we didn't have do a fire any night. Like, I'm like, yeah, no fire. Like you're out at the lake. Oh no, we didn't have time for that. They were, uh, they would have brunch, they would have like supper, and the rest of it was crafts. It was like, so you, 72 hours, all you did was craft. Like, it sounded like a sweatshop. So, did she come home like almost like a kindergartner with like a million different crafts and like... Oh yeah, oh yeah. I got pictures of stuff and yeah, yeah, you know... Um, those little croc shoes, they would kind of like paint them different colors and all these, all this knitting stuff. And 
Um, th- yeah, there's a lot of stuff. Would she do it again? They're talking about going back in September. Wow. <laughs> Davis, you don't believe me. Do you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, so, to make, so to make it worse, this morning I decide I'm going to have some eggs, and <laughs> so I wanted some. I wanted hard some hard boiled eggs. So I like you know I get a bunch of eggs and you know get my water going and I throw some some eggs in there, cook up my hard boiled eggs, and you know you got to peel them. Mm-hmm. So you know you crack them and peel them, and you know I'm not the most efficient with it, but I get it done. And so she walks by and she goes, uh, "Hey, can I can I do something with one of them?" Oh, okay. She goes, "I saw this on Pinterest, <laughs> craft camp stuff, right?" So she takes one of the eggs and she puts it into a container. Well, do you know? Okay, if you if you apparently if you put like some water into a container, put the egg into it, and shake it up. It'll crack the shell, but the but the pieces fall off on their own, huh. and you just pull the egg out, and it's clean. The, the problem is she forgot to put the water in, so she, <laughs> so she, she shakes the egg in there, and it just obliterates my egg. <laughs> so I, I swear to God, I, I, I hang on a second, hang on, I'm going to show you a picture. <laughs> Like okay, there, there's my there's my plate of eggs with the oh. one that just got <laughs> annihilated. <laughs> How much force was she using? <laughs> oh, she shook it up. Uh, it was it was like a protein shake. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know, I I, I still ate it. <laughs> you got the pieces. <laughs> Yeah. Oh god. So um (laughs) That's funny. Anyways, they they had yeah, I I was I was uh saying all remember that one time at band camp and I I, it's just now it's crap camp. Anyways, (laughs) anyways. Uh Mallory Outerbridge, wonderful to have you on. Welcome to uh Ball Leadership. Uh I'm Colin Pooler along with co host Cavis Reed and uh Mallory, I'm. I, I know you're nervous about coming on. It's <laughs> a little. I've never done this before. I appreciate you guys having me. This is this is this is super cool. Well, um, cool. Well, I I think here, and I'll tell you, um, uh, the main reason I I wanted to have you come on um, was I have like you and I've had conversations, uh, and and I really see as um, uh, not just from the from the stuff you've done. We'll talk about that in a minute, but I really kind of see as one of those emerging uh, future leaders, and um, you know, really eager to learn. And um, and so I I thought it would be and you like to have fun. So I thought it'd be uh, really great to have you have you on, um, both from um, you know from your time as as a both an amateur and professional athlete to making the transition into business and um, you know developing as a leader there. Uh, Kavis and I thought this would be kind of fun to have have a conversation about this. Is is Kavis likes soccer? Nice, <laughs> amazing. I, <love> soccer. <laughs> I mean, maybe yeah. she can give us insight. The, the one, the one thing that um, 
No inside. No inside news. We, we got no inside stuff. Wow, that's a waste of time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we can wrap it up now if you want. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Cave us one thing. <laughs> one thing for, for certain, like, um, most people would prefer if they come on bald, but um, it's okay for you. But there's one thing, and seriously, I've told people this. I'm like literally jealous of your hair. Every time I see you, your yeah. hair is perfect. Yeah, there's a lot of hair. It, it, like, uh, do you do you like trim it every day? Um, like every no, day. No, I don't trim it every day. I get a haircut every three weeks. What? And it looks like that. Yeah, every three weeks. That looks okay. Well, that's amazing. We've got we've got really good hair in my my family. My dad has a full like he's got the same same kind of hair as me. It's a little more uh, salt and pepper nowadays, but uh, it's a full head of hair, and he's sixty six. Wow. Yeah. Snap. <laughs> <laughs> Colin, we didn't get those jeans. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I didn't. I didn't have I didn't have a shot of any sort of real hair, so I just like I just had to embrace what I got <laughs> for the brief period of time you had it. Yeah, for the <laughs> well, yeah, it wasn't long, but it was nice when I did have it. It wasn't very long. Was it was it was it straight? Was it curly? Oh, oh it was. It a was fro. a fro. It it was a beautiful fro. Um... <laughs> you'll, ha you'll have it to show like... me a picture sometime. It, well, it would fill the screen. Oh, I'm geez. telling you right now, I would feel, yeah, it would fill the screen and then not. <laughs> All or nothing. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I talked about that background, but, but also the other things that, and I'm hoping we could be able to get into a little bit is, um, some of the work you're doing your is your activity as a coach mm -hmm. as well and um and kind of the opportunity that that's provided in terms of engaging young women and, and helping them develop as people and so um i'm hoping throughout the conversation here we can kind of we can kind of touch on everything and uh i know cave is going to have some questions for you i'm going to have some questions for you um and uh so we'll make you sweat for a little bit <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> we'll laugh at you, but, but, but we're going to make you sweat at the same time. But um, hey, Kavis, you got, uh, I know you saw a little bit of uh, Mallory's background yeah. in our conversation uh, about her, but yeah, you had some thoughts right away you wanted to jump into. Yeah, no, I, first of all, I echo what Colin said. We we're very honored to have you here. And whenever we have people that have multiple backgrounds in sports and business, it opens up a very good conversation about this art of leadership and and the science behind it. The first thing I wanted to ask Mallory is, are you seeing um, in terms of your leadership journey and your your professional life as a player and then as a coach, how do you see young ladies developing in the world of leadership? Um, because we have some, a lot of social issues going on and we're missing the boat in terms of developing leaders. Do you see any difference in the development of young lady in the area uh, arena of leadership? Oh yeah. Um, if I, if I, t if I look at my own journey and I think back to when I played compared to what 
opportunities the females that I get to coach now it's it's completely different um, I would tell you that they have more of a voice now than they've ever had um, people listen more than they ever have um, so if if you've got girls that are looking to move forward and become you know whatever they want to become I do feel like there is a, a better path they, they, there's a lot of glass ceilings that have been broken and um, they're able to do that right at the end of the day um, it's, it's about inspiring and motivating these girls to to follow their dreams and and do what they want to do um, and I'm I'm trying to help and support them in any way that I possibly can um, you, Colin you guys both have touched on it where I, I have the the athletic background with now a business background and and um, I try to use all of my resources in order to help these girls so it's it's it is a different world than it once was and what uh, what differences specifically do you see besides them having a, a greater voice more acceptance um, take me through take us through sorry uh, your journey almost parallel to the journeys that you now see these young ladies have. What are the comparisons and what are some of the things that are a little bit different in that journey? Um, you know, well, that's, that's, a, that's a tough one because I actually went to school in the States and now I'm coaching in Canada. So um, therein lies a huge difference. I was in the South. Um, I was I was in Kentucky, so there's there's differences just right then and there compared to being here in Regina, um, you know. And I would go as far to say everything from how recruitment starts, right? Um, in the states, they recruit super early, right? In grade nine, grade ten, they've already essentially already had their teams filled. Um, so right from the start, recruitment is is different. Uh, we just held a a, a weekend where we were doing recruiting um, and it was interesting most of the girls in the room were in grade 11 and grade 12 right so we're we're 10 years plus past when I graduated which means we're even probably 15 years from when I was recruited um, so things things are just different um, from that standpoint what I would say from a standpoint of actually going to school um, there's subtle differences in a sense of in the States you have four years of eligibility here in, in Canada you have five years of eligibility meaning you've got to take more classes per semester in the States than you do in Canada because you have an additional year right so there's there's lots of subtle differences um, when it comes from the playing like on the field playing you've got more games in the States than you do in so you're, in, in Canada, so your season's longer. Um, that's one thing. Um, they get a lot more swag in the States. <laughs> that's one thing I noticed right away when I, when I accepted the role as assistant coach. I said, hey, so, you know, like, what kind of running shoes do I have to buy? Is there anything, like, what kind of socks? And she was like, Mal, you can just show up and I'll get you a T-shirt. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> so, um, so there's some, some small differences like that. Um, I think the girls now here in Canada, I would say, 
our head coach and just the university itself, the in inclusion and equality and the opportunities for girls if, if they're struggling is way bigger than whatever I was ever given in the States. It was almost like as an athlete, you weren't allowed to have problems. Um, and if you did, they were kind of hidden. So um, in, in Canada here, what I've recognized is if somebody is struggling, which we all know everyone has different struggles, whether it's personal, on the field, whether it's schoolwork, um, there's a way bigger opportunity um, that us Canadian universities provide for our, for our athletes, which I think is huge. You know, um, thanks for talking about, about that, particularly um, in the area where of, of, you know, you're just talking about struggle. And um, I'm, I'm always interested in, uh, you know, asking this particular question and, and um, not, not that, not that necessarily want you to talk about something that you're uncomfortable with, but just, just in terms of some of the, the growth and development, each person we, we've had an opportunity to speak with, they've had some area that they were in, in their journey, in their leadership journey, where they, where they struggled. They had to overcome some other some other people stepped into their lives, um, and you know while I realize, you know your and in, in our view your journey is you're still a very young young person, but an emerging leader and a, and a really strong future leader that that I think is going to have tremendous impact. But you've got a story that uh, of your own, and, and I you know I, would you be okay to share just a little bit of how you how you made the decision that hey, I want to lead, I want to help, I want to do this kind of stuff, so. That's a great question. Where did that come from? Um, well, I know we talked a little bit about my dad. My dad, I've always felt, has always been a, a strong, well, I was going to say strong role model, but but better word would be hero in my in my opinion. He's always been a leader from what I've, I've always seen, and I, I've always wanted to emulate my dad. Um, so... Um, don't tell him I told him that though. <laughs> oh, we got to we got to edit this yeah. part out, okay? Exactly. Is that... <laughs> yeah. exactly. Um, so you know, I think I think it's it's always just been ingrained in me. I I've always just wanted to to help lead, even on a team, right? You you know, I was always I was never captain on the team, but I always felt that I was uh, a leader by by example, not necessarily by by vocalizing, but you know, I always wanted to be the best. Um, that doesn't mean being a leader makes you the best person or, or best athlete, but um, I think it just kind of kind of fell into my lap. And, you know, over the years as, as a soccer player, I had the opportunity to do lots of coaching and you get to coach little, little kids and do coaching clinics. Um, and I really enjoyed it. I really enjoy that moment when you see the light bulb, light bulb go off for somebody. Um, and you know you've been working on this and and you're inspiring them and you motivate them and you know i also enjoyed the moment where you had a kid come back to practice after a week of not seeing them and say hey mal like you know that move you were showing me i finally learned it i can do it and they're so excited um i don't think there's a better feeling than that maybe maybe having your own kids and then them being more successful than you but in that moment um when you see a little kid excited to come and tell you something that you taught them that that there's no better no better feeling than that i don't know it, if that answered the question yeah, though but uh, oh it, it was it was perfect like i'm 
Kavis and I, you know, we had this conversation with uh, with with Carrie uh, just a couple weeks ago. Carrie Joseph, and it's like it's almost starting off the same way. Okay, your 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 thoughts on this? Yeah, and the biggest thing I, I, I'm taking from that is when you talk about that eureka moment when they come to, I got it. And as a leader, a lot of a lot of leaders get tired and fatigued because they don't see the results right away. And when you're working with young people, it is going to take time, and people learn at different uh, different frames in, in or time frames. How do you manage that as a coach slash leader in terms of that light bulb goes off with Johnny different than it does with Timmy and different than it does with Joan and it does with Cindy. How do you work through that? And how do you manage the, uh, not disappointment, but the, uh, the length of time it may take someone else to grasp the concept? Um, I ask a lot of questions. That's typically my starting point with that. If I'm, and again, I, I think frustration is a useless emotion. It doesn't, it doesn't help anybody. Um, it certainly doesn't help the coach in that moment because then you're just projecting frustration onto that person and then they get frustrated, right? And then your, the learning becomes even more delayed. So, um, I start asking questions. I know as, as a coach, most coaches, you, you show your, your team three different ways when you're, when you're running a drill, for example, you show the team in three different ways you have on a, on a billboard or sorry, my phone, my phone is ringing. If you have on a, um, like on a, a whiteboard, you're drawing out the drill and then you're verbally speaking the drill and then you're showing the drill in, in person, right? So my thought with that is I start asking the individual lots of questions. Okay, so did I explain this properly? What part of this am I not getting, making sense or or does it all make sense? And we just need to practice this a hundred times, right? Um, I, you know, there's a there's a saying: the the um, you know, if you can if you can practice something for 18 minutes a day, that'll that'll for for a whole year that'll equal a hundred hours. And essentially, if you can do that, you're you're better than 95% of the population in that specific thing that you're practicing. So um, for me, it's all about asking questions. And maybe I only showed this person two out of the three ways and I think that I showed them all three. And maybe it's the third way that they just haven't, it just hasn't clicked for them. So um, I think for me, Kavis, it's, it's all about asking questions and asking the right questions um, and asking those questions until it clicks for them. Uh Cavus, this sounds like an executive program. We're we're, put, we're gonna have to charge more for. Uh, <laughs> I, I I love it. Like, you, you know, um, if I can translate this to a business environment for for a minute here, uh, I I love that you know showing three different ways, right? Drawing it, the speaking it, and the showing it. Uh, a, a lot of us, and I'm I'm guilty of this too. Uh, I take my my my, my favorite mode, <laughs> whatever that is. And I expect everybody to absorb it the way that I absorb it, right? And as a leader, I've got to be thinking about all the people in the flock, everybody on the team, and and recognizing that if I can utilize different modes of communicating, that that each person now has a better opportunity to be able to get on the same page, 
and move in the same direction. Sometimes, and for, for myself included, uh, I like to be demonstrated and then I'll emulate that, right? So I like to see it in action and then I'll do it. And then the rest of it starts to make sense. Then the verbal part makes sense. The drawing part makes sense. The reading the part makes sense. So um, yeah, this sounds like an executive program. Kavis, what, what, do you, what do you think? Maybe we should go on the road with this. <laughs> and, and Mallory, when you, when you said that, uh, as Colin was uh, saying, translate the sports into business. Uh, there's a combination of those three, the kinesthetic, the auditory, and, and also the visual. There's a combination. There's going to be that particular individual that learns based on two of those metrics or all three of those metrics, and somebody's going to get it just on one of them. But when you look at teaching as a leader, teaching, often people in business and in sports gravitate to the star player or the star worker, and they forget the 25 or 30 more or the three or four more that may not be the star player, but they're absorbing it and gaining that knowledge and information and processing it different. They miss out on that particular talent because the attention automatically goes to the one that grasped it first. How do you make certain you don't leave someone behind uh, because they don't right away show that they have a propensity to grasp the concept? Um, well, one of the first things I always like to think is, um, and this is going to sound a little bit harsh, um, but I heard it from one of my national team coaches back in the day, and he said that um, he can't care more than the player. So meaning that y you don't want to be pushing rope with players. So if somebody doesn't want to be coming along with the team or the the culture or or things of that nature then then you can't make them now um, when we're looking at teaching people i typically when i'm running drills at at practice and i'm i'm showing so we've we've done the drawing i've spoken about what i want to do and now i want to show the example i typically never use our top players to show the example and mm -hmm. the reason i do that is because typically the players who maybe aren't the star players will probably mess it up and that gives me another opportunity to have a teaching moment say okay so why did you guys do it this way well i thought blah 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 okay but remember this is the the most efficient and effective way to get this drill done like this right so um which also i think especially in in the athletic world maybe not so much the business world because i know um, it's different mindsets, but in the athletic world, it's, it's okay to be called out, right? It, that's part of the culture is, you know, you miss a shot. Come on, you got to get better. You got to do this. You got to do this. In, in the business world, it's, it's not, as, not as cut and dry like that. You got to be a little more um, professional, a little softer around the edges, in, in my experience. Um, but in the athletic world, I mean, you can... You can rip someone pretty good and they're going to come back with a smile on their face the next day because that's that's the culture that's that's how it works that's um you know I, i'm not saying you're you're lighting them up and you're embarrassing them but it gives you a coaching opportunity so to your point cavis um you know with your star players yeah there's gonna there's always a, a point in time for them but there's always you know you got to spend time with with the with the lower performing players because eventually i mean they're the ones that are going to take you from 
here to here because you always have to have subs and you want your subs to be the best subs, right? You want your subs to be better than the other team's subs. So, um, but I got a funny story about um, like teaching or learning how, how you learn. Um, I was a very visual learner and ha that had to change very quickly because I went over to, um, I played at FFC Frankfurt for a little while in Germany. I don't speak any German. So when they're doing the drills on the whiteboard and speaking it, I have no freaking clue what the heck they're saying. <laughs> so like, you, typically you have me standing at the front of the line in Canada or wherever if I know what's going on. I was finding myself all the way at the back of the line because you're standing there looking at the drill. Okay, so that person does this, this person does this. Okay, right? Like, y it was talk about cutthroat and learning how to get in line real quick it was uh that was interesting i i find this fascinating because i'm i'm <laughs> okay i'm gonna if i could switch for a second to the application of business matter because you've got a small team that you're leading right now right mm -hmm. <clears throat> what's that five people okay so so you, you got you got a team and i realize you're not in the field and i i don't realize yeah I, you know you don't want to be lighting them up all the time but but you are you are taking skills you learned in one arena and you're moving it into another. Um, could you could you walk me through some examples of of folks? Because I, I assume many of the folks that you're that will be a part of your team, some may be well experienced uh, developing, some may be new to what they're doing and developing, and you've got somebody who's maybe been around for a while. They may be a high performer, they may not be quite a high performer, um, but you. Oh, along the way you're trying to raise the, the 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 baseline performance of the entire team how do you how, how does everything you talk about translate to that environment so one thing that i think as so i'll go back to the coaching just for one second i think one thing we don't do well enough as coaches is communicate like upfront communication whereas in this business setting I know one of the first things I did was when I sat down with each of my team members and I said, okay, so if I'm upset, how do you like to be dealt with or, or vice versa? So this is how I react when I'm upset hmm. or just, just learning the person individually. So that was a big thing. So if say Colin, I'm, I'm talking with you and you tell me, you know, um, you're, you like to be spoken to directly. You don't want me to beat around the bush. So if I have some, information that I need to give you and I'm supposed to give it to you directly blunt okay so six months down the road so Colin you've done something I need to give you some some constructive criticism some feedback so I always start with always front-end communication so Colin remember when when you and I chatted and you know you always told me um, to be direct with you if I had any constructive criticism right. yes Mallory I remember that okay so I've got some constructive criticism I want to give you, boom, right? Whereas maybe somebody else doesn't like it as, as blunt. And, but I always bring back that first conversation because then people can't get defensive. They can't be upset with me because I'm taking their own words, how they, how they told me they wanted to be treated, how they wanted to be approached and the same thing, or could be, could be the opposite. I always, I have a open door policy here and I always tell them, so, so, you know, if we have a meeting and, and you're not happy with what I said to you, 
um, I want you to come back into my office and say, Mallory, I, I didn't appreciate how you spoke to me. Um, can we try this again? And that's completely fair because I, I never want someone leaving my office feeling like crap. That's never the intent. So if I said something and I'm not perfect, um, again, I come from a cutthroat world where <laughs> we can say things that maybe come across as a little harsh. Um, so I'm, I was very open with my team in the beginning and I've got a new team member that, so we, I had four when I started in this role and I've just hired somebody and it's the same thing, right? I had a, a long meeting, about an hour, hour and 15 minute meeting with her and explained, you know, this is, these are my expectations. This is, this is how I, I do business. Um, and I haven't had any issues up to this point. I'm sure one, once upon a time I will have an issue because <laughs> that's yeah, inevitable. Right? Yeah. 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 So I'm just a big believer in, in upfront communication. I wish I had you as a coach, Juliana, Mike, because <laughs> honestly, and, and kids, no, no word of a lie. Um, the ability to give feedback is one of the most challenging things that most people who step into leadership, um, you know, whether it be a, a new manager or something, they, they, they often struggle with that. They, they either go too far or not far enough. Um, and I mean, I think, I think that, that 60, 90 seconds that you just shared there, um, you know, what was really encapsulated, it really is a capstone as, as to a really effective way to, uh, to give feedback, um, and, and do it with grace. Right. So, uh, I appreciate that. Okay. You look like you're going to say something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. Don't, don't mock me now. No, 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 no. I, <laughs> I'm actually loving, like you said, Colin, the, the art and science of communication and understanding is a sender and receiving and being very sensitive to what is coming back to you as much as what you're sending out. And that's a big part of team building in business that I think a lot of people miss is that there is a, a, a cross section of communication and you have to be able to receive information. Mallory, when you're working with your team and you look at the skill sets that they have and you're always evaluating as a leader, and I think people don't understand that, is that a part of leadership is evaluation, regardless of the environment that you're that you're in. As a, a Bergman leader, how do you go through the evaluation process knowing that one, people learn differently, like you already stated, but two, the talents are never always equal. And for your evaluation, how do you do it? Uh, I think it's a misnomer that a lot of people say that everyone's the same. I'm going to treat everyone the same because around here, we believe that everything is equal. I believe that's delicious in terms of leadership uh, uh, practices, but I would like to hear what you, you have to say about that. Um, so I'm going to take a, a coaching point from my dad. Um, he would always tell us that none of his kids are, he doesn't treat e any of us equally, but he treats all of us fairly. So I, I take the exact same approach with each of my um, team members that no, none of them are the same. Everybody has different issues. Um, everyone's got different things going on. Some people have kids, some people don't have kids. Some people have aging, aging parents. Some people have pets that are passing on. Everybody has their own thing. 
um, but I still have the same expectations. I still expect you to be here for 8 a.m., just as I expect everybody else, because that's fair, right? Um, you know, um, I don't know where I was really going with that, other than I, I just try to, I just try to treat everybody as fair as I possibly can based on their situations, because um, that's all I can do. Um, we're all human, and even in sports. The all-star player, yes, they get different treatment because they're the all-star player, but you still have to treat that player fairly, just as you treat everybody else fairly. They still need to, to do all of the reps, just like everybody else. Yes, they may have more interviews and they may have more sponsors than everybody else, but they still have to show up for practice, right? Kavis, you, you, I mean, you live the life of a coach and a GM and a player. What, what's your thoughts on this? <laughs> I'm interested to know yours, too. <laughs> I I think she already has it figured out, Colin. <laughs> no, it's, I'm very intrigued by your team-building communications because the way you talk is so natural to you. You're a teacher, and that is a major part of leadership. And in any team-building environment, regardless, sports, business, in the home, I really feel that understanding how people receive information and how they communicate information is critically important to their development because not everyone communicates the same way. And when I read about your, uh, read your bio, I went, I think she already has it. I think she has that understanding that we have to treat and meet people where they are and try to bring everyone to the same point. We may not get there at the same time and we may not get there in the same, uh, with the same direction, but we'll get there. And that is key to me. Um, everyone deserves the opportunity to learn the way they learn. And we have to be adaptable and versatile enough to teach them the way that they learn. Um, but most importantly, Colin and Mallory, I think it's us being studious enough and observant enough to figure out how they learn. Because a lot of people don't know that about themselves. Yeah, I would agree with that. I've had a lot of, a lot of different coaches over the, uh, over the years, a lot. Um, and you learn what you like about them and you want to take and soak up all of that goodness that you you see and there's lots of stuff you say holy cow i would never say that and i would never want to be like that ever right yeah. um there's another so there's um so do you guys know who john herdman and he, he he's the head coach of the men's canadian national team for the soccer team so at one point he was the women's national team coach so he has a, a crazy awesome ted talk i could i can and I can send you the link for I don't know if you guys have seen it where it's the be above the 80% line have you guys heard it no no tell me so his his whole theory is and Colin you said this earlier is that there's there's people that operate at 60% 70% 100% mm -hmm. so in his mind he believes that it's BS for anybody to operate at 100% because you're just going to get burnt out now, keep in mind, he's talking about athletes, yeah, right? Yeah. So 
he's essentially said that he wants every single one of his athletes to be at 80%, whether that's at home with your family, whether that's, you know, in the media or whether that's on the soccer field. He wants everybody to be above 80%. So be be good is essentially his his um, line is, I just want you to be good. I don't need you to be great. I need you to be good, but consistently be good every day. It's um it's a really good, essentially he took this, this is his model that he took with the, the women's national team who was um, decimated and was, they were a disaster. Um, I grew up with the with the youth women's national me, national team, and um, it was a revolving door with coaches that just destroyed a lot of young women. Um, and he came in with this mindset, with this theory of being good, and completely changed the program. And then he did it again with the with the men's national team. And prior to that, he did it with the New Zealand national team. So. It, there's clearly something with it because he didn't change the players. He didn't get new players, right? So it's it's a good one. This is not, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna pivot to my next thing because you you, mm-hmm. you already started dropping on it. Um, was over the course of your over the course of your your soccer career in particular, you've dealt with many coaches and and really my question that I had down was was really about mentors today for you and um you know every person that we've had an opportunity to talk to and i think from both cavis and my own experiences we've had many mentors whether they knew they were mentors or not (laughs) and um and and you know a couple conversations you and i've had i've it's been pretty apparent that you've got some you continue to have some mentors today could you talk a little bit about what that looks like for you um, who are they in your life? If you're comfortable sharing with some about some of them, uh, what they mean to you, and how important that is in terms of your own development. So, for me, a mentor um, needs to somebody needs to be somebody that I would seek advice from. Um, and I I know that sounds kind of funny, but essentially, I also believe that when you seek advice from somebody, it has they have to have three things. So they need to be in potentially an expert in that area. They have to have your best interest at heart and you have to trust them, right? The best thing about advice is you don't have to take it. So again, um, that's how I first and foremost look at who is going to be in my, my circle and my, my mentors is would I, would I seek advice from this person if I'm in a bind or, um, or, what have you right whether it's life decisions whether it's family decisions whether it's business coaching so that would be my first if i'm setting the foundation of who my my mentors are one obviously my father um he's a he's a very intelligent man he he worked in the um he wasn't a, a lawyer but he worked in the the legal industry for 35 years so he was he was an executive director of a pretty prominent um law firm here in Regina so he's he's been around the block a little bit so um so there's that um I don't know should I feel I probably should feel sorry for him (laughs) (laughs) I I gotta I gotta tell you um like I'm uh maybe I should say but anyways I'm I'm on a I'm on a board 
that's got a lot of lawyers in the organization and I, it, it can be challenging. Lawyers are an interesting group. Yes. <laughs> yes. I've dealt with, I've dealt with lawyers my whole life because obviously I was surrounded by them. Yeah. Um, and, and my grandpa was a lawyer. So lots of lawyers in the family. So, which is, which is always good. <laughs> you never know when you're going to need a lawyer. Um, at work here, um, there would be a gentleman named Russ Bryden. I would absolutely call him my mentor. He's also very smart. He's been in the business for 30 plus years. Maybe there's a trend there. Um, but but he's he's very, very knowledgeable, very experienced in the in the industry. And um, I just find I, ha I get sound advice from him when I ask. Again, I don't ever I don't necessarily always take his advice, but he offers it and when I ask. Um, in the soccer world, Astrid Becker. So she's the head coach of the, the U of R soccer team. Um, for me, Astrid is a, is a longtime friend, which is really funny because 20 years ago, Astrid coached me on my first provincial team. So it's, it's really come full circle. Um, so she's, she's always been in the spotlight in a sense of promoting female in sport, and she wants to promote more and more women in sport. Her whole coaching staff are females. So um, she's just she's just awesome. She knows she knows her stuff. She's one of very very few uh, female coaches in all of Canada that has her A license. I think there may be two others. Um, so that just goes to show. I mean, she knows her stuff. So mm -hmm. obviously, again, remember when I said one Criteria of the one, one of the pillars is is making sure that they're experienced and know their stuff. So I think if I were to look at it that way, so I've got my dad, I've got Russ Bryden, and I've got Astrid Becker, I would say that those in my life right now, those would be my three mentors, even though, can your dad be a mentor? I don't know, but he's really smart, so. <laughs> and he has my best interest at heart, so. Maxwell uh, it has, and I'm paraphrasing it. Another plug, we got to get some sponsorship from John Maxwell and his group now. Let's call it. Yeah, I think we sold a lot yeah. of books already. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we we got to eventually start to catch in on it. But, and I'm paraphrasing, he has three levels of leadership and three levels of mentorship. And one, why we ask ourselves, why do people follow you? Why would anyone want to be under your tutelage? And the first level is the easiest. They have to. By your title as coach, a player have to follow you. There's nothing else you need to do except be a coach. That doesn't make us good or bad or whatever the case may be. The next level, a little bit more difficult to achieve, the individuals want to. They observe you. They see that you have their best interest in mind, as you say, and you're competent and they want to be better. Therefore, they feel that you have the opportunity to make them better. And the last level, which is extraordinarily difficult to achieve by a lot of people, is the need to level. They need to follow you. In order for them to go to that ultimate level in their destination or journey in that particular area, they almost need you. And that's where the mentorship level comes into play. And not a lot of people get to be a mentor because now it's not about title. Now it's not about a transaction, dollars and cents. It's about investing in that individual 
and given your time. And very few people want to get there. How do you, when you talk about the young lady that's a coach, how do you see people get into a level where they're pulling people to that need to level? You are investing truly in extracting the very best out of the individual. And have you gotten to that point where you want to be placed at that level? That's a really good question. How do we get people to the need level? I don't know if I have an answer on the spot for that. Um, because I keep the, the thing that keeps coming around in my brain, it keeps coming, 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 keeps, is, well, they, they have to want it, right? You, you have to want to be... You have to be. You have to be self-motivated. You have to want to be driven. Um, you know, I get that question a lot in in this industry. So take so in the business industry, when you know I'm I'm interviewing people, they they ask me, well, well, why wouldn't somebody make it in this role potentially? If you're not self-motivated, you can't do this. I think that's pretty much any sales mm -hmm. job. You have to be self-motivated. Um, you have to want more than just mediocrity, right? Typically, people who have a mentor, they want more. They, they feel that they, um, they want to be challenged. They feel that they have more capacity in, in, in themselves, right? Um, maybe, maybe the word is belief. Maybe that's how you get to the need level is belief in yourself, belief in, in the other person. Um, that's my on-the-spot answer. I don't. I don't know. I, That's a good one. I think. I love it because. Uh, sorry, Colin. I love it because. I think you you nailed it. In my opinion, you nailed it. The competitiveness, and and and, and I often say this to people: it's okay to be competitive. And I think we're I think we're losing a lot of that. I think that we are almost rewarding mediocrity. We everyone gets a participation ribbon, and. Everyone is patted on the back, even when they come up short. You, I think you nailed it. We have to have that competitiveness. We got to want to be the best. We, we have to want to win every time we step into the arena. And that elevates you to a different level. I think too often now, Mallory, Colin, uh, we're so focused on trying to find balance that in trying to find balance, mediocrity is okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, Mallory Cave, I'm having, uh, I, I'm looking at my notes here, and each one of these is a separate discussion. I mean, I've got three pillars in terms of the criteria for selecting a mentor. I've got giving feedback. I've got, I, I got a whole bunch of things, right? Like 18 minutes a day, 100 hours a year. You're going to do better than 95% of the pocket just by doing that. I mean, there's a lot of stuff people are going to draw from this discussion. So I'm, I'm, uh, I'm excited about my notes and going back to listen to this. So, um, Mallory, I know you thought, what am I going to, what am I going to teach these two bald guys? But there, there's a lot. <laughs> um, oh, sorry, Cavis, you probably had a question here before I, I go and start. I, I got, I have, I have a few more. Yeah, go ahead. No, 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 no. <laughs> okay. 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 So, um, so Mallory, you've, You've been able to translate a lot of things that move from from one environment to another environment, and so you've demonstrated that the transferability of these skills, if if one is open to it, 
there's so much that's transferable and can be relatable to a person regardless of what, let's say, arena that the person may be working in. But, and you've made, you've made this shift from being an informal leader to being a formal leader. And you and I have talked about um, uh, a, a bit about some of the, uh, a bit of the, your, your entry in kind of the board space being, you know, in terms of which in every organization that that's the highest level of leadership. Um, and, uh, you know, well, many people will, they'll focus on the, the chief executive officer or the president, but um, a board, if it's doing its job, has got uh, its own critical responsibilities because a they've got to select the right person for that organization, and um, and so you and I have talked about um, kind of the, the the responsibility of a board. Now currently, you know, you're you're you've you've just recently joined a board, or the last couple of years joined a board. I think you're in FC Regina right now, and and um, uh, and so you're now at a point where you're beginning. You're beginning to lead leaders, mm-hmm. whether it be through a thought process or others. Can you talk a little bit about that at, at this point? Because I, 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 you know, I, I'm I'm half making a plug, but I but Cavus is going to relate to all this stuff because he's 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 made this transition too. So, um, if you can just share a little bit about that, I think the first thing that comes to my mind when you say uh, leading leaders is is a little bit of intimidation potentially. Um, you know, I've always just been the kid with, uh, with, with dimples, a nice smile and a nice head of hair and uh, the soccer player, right? <laughs> so, um, you, you still have a nice smile, dimples and a great, great hair. I'm just not a soccer player you, anymore. Yeah. You had to remind me about the hair part, but that's okay. That's all right. Yeah. Yeah, I did. So, um, it's, it's another challenge, right? I, again, I kind of come back to, um, I'm always looking to, to be, to challenge myself again. And I think that's. That's the difference. I don't want to just be good, um, you know. Even in, in John Herdman's mind, I'm I'm I strive for greatness always. So whether that's by learning, um, by re-educating myself, I think in, in reinvesting in myself um, to be the best Mallory that I can possibly be, um, you know, because I've got. 12 year old at home a a daughter and I want to make sure that I'm setting all the good examples I possibly can and and showing that it doesn't it doesn't matter who you are you can be successful you just have to work hard you have to want it to to Kavis's point you got to be competitive so I think leading leaders it's a new challenge it's a um, a point of learning how to be more have more capacity more efficient and effective with with my leadership skills Um, I'm not saying that I would be walking in and being the best leader because I'm not probably in the room, um, but I'm damn sure willing to learn how to be the best leader, right? That's, that's I think, the difference between myself and, and, and other people my age is I, you know, that's, that's a big difference that I see between myself and a lot of my friends is they just don't have the, maybe there's the grit, they just don't want it. They just, they're fine just kind of doing what they do. And I'm, yeah. I'm always trying to challenge myself, always. That's, um, that's I, oh yeah, I do have my book over there. But you just named the title of the book, right? Um, uh, Grit, Grit by, by Angela Duckworth. And, and so everything you're describing here just rolls in it. And, and I, you know, I, I wanted to talk about the board piece, not necessarily that it's about, 
you know, that there's kind of this uh, aura when people say, oh, you know, you're on a board of directors somewhere, but really your role in that is, is really what I'm driving at is, is you're, you're giving guidance to, um, to another leader or a group of leaders. Um, you're giving um, insight, perspective. Uh, you're, you're, you know, the, the things that you just talked about in terms of seeking a mentor, you're, you're providing those things with the best interest of that person and that organization at heart. And so, um, you know, I know I realize that's an area that you're beginning to transfer some of those skills into. And I think that's an area that you, I personally think you should continue to pursue that because um, there are so many people who are stepping into that formal senior role in organizations that um, uh, that don't have that support when they first start, step in there. And, uh, and so they need that. But, uh, Cavis, you're looking, you're looking itchy. You want to jump in again or what? <laughs> it's, it's just, when it comes to sports and business, I think that there's, they're so parallel there. Uh, there's so many things that you can glean from sports and translate into business and every other arena of life. That is, it's almost scary, but it's very fascinating. And you touched on something earlier that, is very important uh, to me is the fact that when you have uh, competitiveness about yourself, you're willing to push yourself to a level of a focus that's going to allow you to achieve greatness when you didn't really expect or think you could. Um, people always say when we go to on the playing field, you're going to battle, you're going to war. And someone says biochemically, there's a, a similar type of adrenaline that is created. And it is apt in terms of sometimes the, the comparison on a biochemical level. But when you talk about young ladies, and I want to go back to young ladies, because I really feel that that is something that we need to grow, is when we talk about young ladies in business, and you see them in business, what are some of the things that you feel that young women need more access to in order to become more refined leaders? You know what? Um, I don't know if it's necessarily that they need more access to, but what I would say is I'm, I'm 34 years old. So right now I'm in the time where most of my friends are having kids. So most of my girlfriends are having kids and so their careers have taken off and all of a sudden now they have to leave the workforce for a year, right? So there's, there's this gap um, and that's typically when men or other women who aren't having kids, because I, I won't just say it's just men because I'm not having kids of my own. So it's typically now during that gap when people stair step. Right, because now you go, you go away. You have your kid. You're gone for. You can go away for 12 months. You can go away for 18 months now. Maybe you decide to go away a little bit longer, and then typically the mom is is usually the one that if the kid's sick, she's going home. So then she's less less time at work. So for me, and and I I don't want to speak on behalf of of every female, but I I see from my friend's perspective that's a thing right now in my age right again i'm just i just want to cue that down to, to say the fact that like in your early 30s that's what my friends are experiencing right now you know they 
they send you a text and say, oh, guess who got promoted at work today, right? Like, and it's almost like they're upset, but you can't be upset, right? So that's to me is a thing. Um, now on the other hand, you see lots of women who come back from maternity leaves and get a promotion, right? So again, I don't necessarily think that it's, you know, we need better training or we need better this. I think um, some women are more passive and, and aren't as competitive and don't want it as much. Some do, and, and those women are go-getters and they'll get after it and they're the ones breaking glass ceilings. So, um, you know, I would tell you I'm the first first female to, to run Jack 94.5. They've never had a female sales manager. So, cool. Done something, done something different, right? <laughs> So I think I think what it always comes down back down to or back around to is when you start wanting to lead, you have to be comfortable being uncomfortable. And I know that's such a cliche thing to say, but even this, when Colin, when you ask me and you're like, hey, do you want to be on my podcast? I'm kind of like, well, I've never done one. I don't really know what to expect. So immediately you're in your uncomfortable zone. Sure, I'll do it because that's how you grow. That's how you learn, right? That's so. If anybody ever said, "Hey, do you want to be on a podcast?" I'd say, "Sure," because it wasn't so bad. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, well, you know, uh, we, we had uh, we had Senator Wallen on here uh, a couple couple three months ago, <laughs> and I don't know. We got talking about head lotion and and stuff. I think I think we made her uncomfortable for for a little bit. Because I mean, she 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 owned the hairdressing salon in her in her hometown, so it was. <laughs> so maybe she was comfortable being uncomfortable too. Anyways, you got me thinking about that because of all this hair business. Um, Ballard, we, there, there is a wrap up question that we always ask. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna punt that over to Cavis, but before we get there, <laughs> is um, uh, we've talked about my. Uh, escapades on ice mm -hmm. if you want to call it and um and and so so anyone listen to this i i've i've never skated i've never played hockey and i had the opportunity to become a goalie for uh, a junior hockey league team for a day or for as little time as possible if, if, if for the for the general manager and head coach but it was fun and they put me on the ice let me do that but um Cavis, so you know, Matt, Mallory has an uncle who who actually started the movie Men with Brooms, and and so, um, and 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 Russ Bryden, who who Mallory talked about, was is you know was top top tier in curling, and so um, so Mallory brought up this idea. I don't know if we'll do it <laughs> because I, I I I realize I'm probably allergic to ice. <laughs> But I'm willing to be uncomfortable for a few for a little while, and uh, but it's probably Cavus. If you got any extra football helmets that you could send out to me before I, I go and do this, but I, I'm gonna learn. I'm gonna learn to curl. I think I'm gonna do that. Kay, you come on out. We'll bring a camera and we'll learn to curl together. So. But you gotta put anyway. yourself in bubble wrap because with SESA, you know it's pretty safe. Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> hey, Colin. I have to say this. The two times I've seen you on ice, 
Because <laughs> I think you forgot. <laughs> and then you sent me the, the video of you and Regina with, uh, at the stadium. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Mallory. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and the only other time, it, well, that was snow, and I got the concussion. And I, yeah, and I forgot to call the woman who you, you later became my wife yeah. for, yeah, for six months because I met her the night before. We exchanged phone numbers. I thought, I'm going to call this girl tomorrow. The next day I went, got a concussion, forgot to call her. Oh, man. And, you know, and I found this phone number sitting in my room six months later and uh, called it. But, you know, 30 years later. Now she's going to craft shows. You've yeah, now she's now she's off. now now she's going to craft camp. Craft so, camp. yeah. So your, your intimacy with ice is it has some benefits. Mallory, and we're gonna ask that you be fair. You you've been wonderful, so I'm gonna I'm gonna say Absolutely. she's gonna be the first one. She's going to be the first. I'm not going to even set it up anymore. We're in this whole uh, process. We're saying we want to essentially build the ideal leader. So if we have to take characteristics and place it into someone and we're building this ideal leader, we can't say perfect, but an ideal, very successful leader, what would be the one characteristic that you think a leader should have they have to be able to motivate their team I would either use the word motivate or inspire uh, I'm just gonna take a moment just go to the judges is that is that is that two words Davis, or is that really one? I, I know because she's been so good <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I can just I, say I, I can just say that was one. I, I can say that's fair. She's the first I said or, so you guys can pick. <laughs> Mallory, we've been we've been doing this with lots and every single guest. Like we tell them, you got to say one thing, and they will say one thing, and then they'll like shove like four others underneath it, yeah. and they say, "Well, it's kind of the theme. They're trying to present the theme. No, no, it's on the theme. You get one characteristic. That's it." I think I think both motivated and inspired is the same thing. They're just synonyms of one another. So whatever word you think is better suited, that's where I'm giving I'm it. To I'm good with I'm it. I'm buying it. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 yeah. I'm buying it. <laughs> well, what what I want to be able to do is eventually build like a word cloud, mm -hmm. right? And just see what you know, because it's really interesting how different leaders people who've who we had an opportunity to talk to and and you know looking back through their early formation if you want to call it that the early you know the first leaders in their life that really had an impact on and listen to their story and then them talk about the thing that is most critical in their minds that that leader if you're going to be able to build a prototype what that one characteristic needs to be so um there there's lots that fall under very similar themes but it's like this is this is going to be a very well-rounded. Um, I don't know what this thing's going to look like. 
<laughs> it's very empathetic. Very empathetic. Yeah. Very empathetic. Very inspirational. So, are you guys only asking leaders this question? Because I'd also be interested to know what what the underlings would say is the best. Uh, yeah, that, that that that's a good point. I, I mean, we've we're, we've only been asking the folks who've been on the show here just to it's like I just want to build a word cloud based on what they're saying. I, I, I'm not like I'm not. I, I, there's lots of statistics, and people have written books, and we've had authors, and they've had like here's six principles, but I'm like, okay, you only get to tell us one, and they'll cheat. And they'll try to squeeze in two or three more. <laughs> and then, <laughs> then we got to pull them back. And then we got to choose one. <laughs> yeah. You can only have one, bro. Just one. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. Since you guys were fantastic and I loved every moment of this, in my, um, in my Monday morning sales meeting, I'm going to ask each of my, my teammates to, uh, to write one word how they would describe a leader. So I will send uh, you a picture, Colin, we, yes. of what they think a leader is. Please do, please do. I knew yeah, we loved email you for a reason. To me. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'll, I'll use it in the write-up for sure. I'll use it in the write-up for this. Uh, Mallory, this has been this has been great. Thank you very much, Mallory Outerbridge, um, and uh, along with Cavis Reed and Colin Pooler here. Really excited to to you know have you on again. Learned so much. I've got a full page of notes everywhere and I look forward to listening to, to this again. So, uh, so thank you. We normally tell people to stay bald, but <laughs> you just, you just do what you want to do <laughs> every three weeks. Thank you guys. <laughs> yeah. Thank you guys very much for having me. This was, this was a blast. I appreciate it. Thank you for listening to this episode of bald leadership. If you enjoyed the show, please follow like, and share. See you next time.